Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. Today is the day after Suicide Prevention Day, so that was yesterday, the 10th of September. In mind of that, this week's episode, I'm joined by Rebecca Thomas, who has personal experience of anorexia, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Before we start this episode, I want to say that we do speak about a range of mental health conditions, including suicidal ideation. We speak about the progression from an eating disorder to other mental health conditions and how that can lead to suicidal ideation. I really hope that this episode is useful and you find some comfort within it, but I also just want to say that if this is something that you can't listen to right now, please do reach out for support and know that there is always somebody there to help you and this episode will always be there when you want to come back to it. Hi. Hello. Amazing. Oh my god, it worked first time. Normally it's like, no, can't hear you, gonna have to jiggle something around. <laughs> Go and then rejoin. Uh yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm like, what the hell is this weather? Um I know. One of my best friends um, is leaving to go to the US and she was supposed to have a picnic outdoors yesterday with like all day and they were going to have like a few drinks and bits and pieces like that. And obviously it was just awful weather. Um, So she ended up having it in her house, which is still really lovely. (laughs) And then today it's like slightly nicer and I'm like, oh, we could have had it today and then we could have been outside. (laughs) Yeah. But Are you at home this weekend with your family? Uh, yeah yeah so I spend most weekends like home with them so Uh I live by myself so it gets a bit lonely but yeah yeah that's fair enough whereabouts is home uh, versus family so between kind of like Derby and Nottingham so it's not too far yeah yeah my parents live in Melton Mowbray oh yeah yeah so um my dad's actually from Derby my dad's from Burton upon Trent and my mum's from Nottingham so um yeah I know the area quite well (laughs) sort of yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, no, thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much for you. reaching out to me to mm-hmm. do the podcast. It was really nice to hear from you, actually. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just get started if mm-hmm. if you're happy to just get started. And I feel like, I guess before we do start, obviously the kind of title for this podcast is Suicide Prevention. I don't know whether it's day or week, but I'm going to go with day. I know that it's Suicide Prevention Day on the 10th of September. Um, So yeah, I guess just for the listeners, um, obviously we we do normally talk about eating disorders on the podcast, so I don't Mm -hmm. normally say trigger warning because it's kind of kind of knows. yeah. but I guess just for the listeners we we will be speaking um about Rebecca's experience of depression anxiety and, and suicide as well today both mm-hmm. on a professional and personal level so I guess if that's something that maybe you can't listen to right now mm-hmm. like maybe just take a moment to reflect on that for yourself mm-hmm. um but yeah I guess with that in mind do you want to start by sharing I don't want to say, I always hate saying this at the start of the podcast, like, oh, give an overview of your experience, because obviously when you're going through it, it's horrific and really difficult and then hard to have an overview. But would you mind just sharing what your experience has been? 
Yeah, so um, I so I've been in recovery from my eating disorder for probably about seven years now. Um, okay, and I was sort of sort of like very young when I first started struggling, um, and it was kind of like my first experience of having mental health problems um, was my eating disorder, um, and then I was probably probably like a couple of years into that, so probably like fourteen, fifteen, when. The depression and the anxiety and everything else kind of started coming up um and that was probably like the first time that i started experiencing suicidal thoughts and the impact that that has had like on my recovery and also like with my family as well like i think the interplay between all of those things and the underlying concerns and all that it's kind of all combined a lot so it's a bit messy um <laughs> but yeah, I'm sort of in a in a more comfortable place with all of it now. But I think it's all kind of, especially like my late teenage years, it was all going on at exactly the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds really tough. Um, and and when you said you mentioned there about like the impact of them on each other, like, would mm-hmm. you mind expanding a bit more on the impact, what the impact was on the different diagnoses? Yeah, yeah. So. I think initially like because the anorexia was almost like the main thing that I was receiving support for it kind of like the anxiety and the depression was less of a concern for a start Mm -hmm. and then that gradually started taking more of a kind of more of a push so then we almost had to completely change the support that I was providing and all of that kind of thing um but I think it's almost like when you're struggling with multiple things at the same time and you're having all of these different thoughts and these different kind of concerns and you've got so much going on in your head, like it naturally makes you more susceptible to suicidal thoughts and just that feeling of like wanting to escape and get out of it. Um, And I think for me, that was like a huge thing was just that feeling of like, it's all just really overwhelming. And when you're dealing with it for so many years, like over and over again, it's just gets so tiring. And I think that was like the biggest thing for me was this feeling of like, yeah, one of them's getting better, but then the next thing's getting worse. And it would be like, yeah, maybe the eating disorder side of things is getting better, but I'm feeling more depressed or even more anxious. And then kind of just that constant feeling of everything's just kind of one after another. Like it just feels exhausting. Yeah. And when you were saying about how, um, you know, you first got the anorexia and that was sort of the support that you were given. <laughs> were you in a better place when you were then kind of shifted to get support for the depression and anxiety? Like, had that gotten any better or was it sort of like, we're seeing this one as the priority now, so that's the one we're going to need to treat? Yeah, it was It was kind of a bit of both. So, like, I was okay. definitely getting to a better place, but I, it hadn't really been. Physically, I was in a much better place, but the mental side of things still hadn't been fully dealt with there was still some of the thought processes and things I was struggling with um and it was kind of suddenly this move to like okay we're going to put you on antidepressants and you are obviously struggling with anxiety so we're going to support you with the anxiety and in a way it would have been nice to to do all of it in one go rather than trying to be a bit like pick and choose of what's the most concerning for me on that week or in that session yeah and i i want to come back to that in a second um with regards to multiple conditions and kind of the treatment that you can get um because i think that is a very common thing but i kind of wanted to pick up on something else um 
I've got so many questions. So do oh, excuse okay. me. It's just your experience sounds very similar to mine. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this was something that you experienced this like similarly or if it was different. Um, but I think you said that um, like it almost felt like when the anorexia got slightly better, the depression or the anxiety maybe got a bit worse. Yeah. Um, and for for me, my experience um, was very similar to that in that last March, I really, I was doing quite well I um, with like eating disorder recovery and I was, mm-hmm. I was feeling really good. And I, from March to July, um, had like a major episode of depression yeah. um, where I just kind of, everything almost fell apart and so by then July I went to the doctor and I got antidepressants and um the antidepressants really kicked in and they really started to work and I don't know whether I was feeling less anxious but I was definitely feeling less depressed and the interesting thing that I found was that when I was depressed I almost didn't care about anything like Mm. you know I didn't really care about my physical appearance I was still exercising, but it wasn't like it in order to feel good. It was kind of just like, that's what I'd always done. Yeah. But I wasn't so concerned about the food that I was eating or anything like that because the depression just sort of like suppressed any emotion. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I went on these antidepressants and it was like, oh my Not God, everything. I'm feeling yeah. so much like happiness, sadness, whatever. I need something to suppress this. And from you know, my teenage years, the thing that I'd used to suppress my emotions was the anorexia. Mm-hmm. And so that July was when I relapsed. And then so from then I've then been relapsing with the anorexia. But I wonder if that's a similar experience to you in that, like almost you used one to mm. suppress the feelings when the other one disappears. Yeah, yeah, I think like definitely there's aspects of that. So like for me, definitely it was like the the anorexia kind of took a bit of a, a backseat in a way or like it started to get better but mm. I was still dealing with a lot of the underlying stuff that had made me develop it in the first place like my self-esteem mm. was still absolutely awful like I still had a lot of specific rules and kind of beliefs about myself and how the world worked and it was almost like I was losing that coping mechanism that I'd had but I was still feeling the way that I was so I was still feeling upset I was still feeling anxious I still didn't like any part of who I was and it was almost like suddenly then my brain's like okay well what do we use then and or how do we I guess respond to that um Mm -hmm. like a big thing for me was also self-harm like I struggled a lot with that um and I think as well like you said there that almost that depression stepping in to become more of a almost yeah like a like a numbing mechanism I suppose I hadn't really thought about it like that but I think sometimes it is like you're just overwhelmed with so much stuff and it's in a way like you know we know that kind of anorexia does very fundamental things to the way that your brain works like it does break down like the amount that you can process and kind of deal with things um and i think depression probably has a very similar impact and i think maybe it is just mm-hmm. that sense of i couldn't process any of it so it was yeah taking a step yeah. back yeah 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 it, i think it is interesting the interplay between them but then obviously people do talk about how you know with a you know a restricted diet or whatever that then can cause like depressive mm. thoughts or anxious thoughts yeah. um because you just don't have the energy for that so did you kind of have them coexisting as well at times or was it always like one was kind of feeling a bit better and the other was feeling worse 
I think in a weird way it was like I think I've probably struggled with anxiety since like even before my eating disorder started but I'd never really acknowledged it and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like because I was already having treatment and we were talking about a lot of stuff I was suddenly like oh yeah like I have major social anxiety or I just have major anxiety in a lot of situations um and I think they're definitely like the it's like you say almost the when you're on that restricted diet but also when you have that amount of rules and the amount of ways that you have to live your life breaking any of those causes a massive level of anxiety and and stepping out of your comfort zone when your comfort zone is so restricted um it naturally adds to that anxiety i think for me the depression came kind of afterwards but i think definitely that interplay between the anxiety and eating disorder was was massive yeah so was you say that your anxiety kind of it wasn't just related to kind of food it was you know very general in terms of Mm. a lot of things felt anxious rather than it just being things people might relate to an eating disorder yeah yeah and I think that was almost like the first sign that it wasn't just eating disorder related was Mm. there was so much other stuff that I was feeling anxious about um like I mean a, a big thing for me was like social judgment and like what other people were thinking of me which obviously does then play into an eating disorder but is almost a little bit separate to that as well um but I mean obviously the way that anxiety works you feel anxious about anything and it kind of latches on to everything else in your life anyway so yeah I think in a weird way it, it all kind of fueled each other in that regard yeah yeah and I think that kind of links back to what we were what you were saying before about maybe having multiple conditions and then being thrown mm. from pillar to post with treatment like actually it you can't you can't treat a, a mental health condition if somebody's got more than one you can't treat it on its own mm. and i've massively found that in like you know when i've been having eating disorder treatment you know yes i might struggle to go out and eat a mm-hmm. meal or you know to struggle with my reflection and stuff but it it was like you were saying there it's not necessarily the food that's the problem it's mm. the sort of con- like complications i have around that and within yeah. that depression and anxiety ties into that um so you can't just treat like one one thing on its yeah. own um but i guess it's an interesting thing because if you look at like the current healthcare system in terms of the services it Mm. is very much there is a separate eating disorder service to a mental health service which Mm. I always find quite like confusing because eating disorders are a mental health condition um like yeah do you have thoughts around that in terms of like why they're separate services yeah like I think so working in in mental health specifically like an eating disorder support it's it's awful because we have people who come for assessments and they will tell us like that they have like huge levels of anxiety and huge levels of depression but that the community health mental health team or the cams won't kind of step in to support them because there's the eating side of things even if they feel like actually if you dealt with the anxiety or the depression the eating side of things would go away um you also have people a different way around who are kind of like actually like i need support for my eating but I know that if I do get support for my eating, I might lose the current support that I have for my anxiety, for my depression, for whatever else it is. Um, and while I understand kind of why they might need to be different services, you know, you need like dietitians and kind of like physical health checks and things like that being done for people with eating disorders. It's also, like you say, it's it's so confusing because it's kind of like, well, it's fundamentally very similar. Um, and I think mm. within like, 
kind of the the profession itself of kind of psychology and psychiatry there's still a, a very it's almost like there's general mental health there's maybe developmental conditions and then there's eating disorders and it's kind of like it you wouldn't distance another condition like that in the same way i don't think um mm. and it is shocking and i think it is having like a massive impact on people because you almost have the case where you can't say that you have some other condition in case that support gets taken away from you yeah yeah, that's really interesting what you say about like there is no other condition that you might separate in that way. And mm-hmm. I guess, like you say, um, it may come down to the fact that like dietetic support and stuff is needed. But a lot of people that get support through the NHS don't get dietetic mm-hmm. support. Yeah. Like I know when I um recently tried to access NHS treatment, there was not gonna be any dietetic support there. It was just gonna be sort of um like a CBT group. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time yeah I don't know you, you might know a bit more than me but like when you um go to like a mental health for a mental health diagnosis like would there be a specific depression just specific anxiety group or like specific bipolar group or would it would they sort of like interlink I think in a lot of a lot of the time they do have kind of specific like condition groups in terms right. of you know say like if you do struggle with anxiety they put you with other people but I also kind of don't see why you couldn't do that with eating disorders. I, you know, appreciate Mm. there's so many different eating disorder diagnoses and what applies for one person might not for another, but it still kind of makes sense. I I think in a way I was quite lucky in a weird way because at the time when I was struggling, I was under CAMS. um, And currently there's the distinction kind of between general CAMS and CAMS ED. And I was under general CAMS the whole time. So I didn't have to be referred elsewhere. I didn't have to kind of go away and sit on another waiting list because I was known by them already. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, it almost, that that made the most sense. Having one person who sort of had Mm -hmm. an overview of everything without having to kind of go between different services and having that conversation because we know that the most important thing is to have that conversation and that communication between professionals so it's just popped into my mind and i don't think this would be the reason why they would separate services but i think it's an interesting thing to because eating disorders and the i I feel like i've had a lot of conversations with people lately that the diagnostic label that somebody receives Mm. means quite a lot to somebody and i think that's often something i think people need to work through in recovery is like why does that label mean so much to you like why are you letting that define you and i'm almost thinking as to whether and maybe you could share how you would feel about this or did feel about this. Um, if you have, like you feel or you know that you have an eating disorder, but then you're not referred on to an eating disorder service, do you think that people would potentially feel like their experience is being invalidated? Like I know that sometimes when people get diagnosed with atypical anorexia, let's say, or OSFED rather than a different eating disorder, they feel invalidated mm. by the label that they've been given in terms of their struggles and I just wonder whether you think that might happen if somebody wasn't referred to an eating disorder service but was kept in like a general mental health service yeah yeah I think that's a really good point it's again not something that I thought about but I think definitely that Mm. that feeling of almost like even you know obviously not everyone is given a diagnosis but being given a diagnosis and then being told but we're going to keep you in general mental health like side of things rather than sending you to the ED team I think yeah like you mentioned that feeling of invalidation and like but I I do have an eating disorder and I need support for that so why aren't you sort of referring me to that I think 
definitely I, I maybe like you say I don't know if that's almost why there's that separation but it makes a lot of sense yeah. like how much that would impact somebody if that referral wasn't done or yeah. there was kind of that miscommunication yeah I feel like that's not the reason that they do it but I feel like it could be invalidating but then it's also mm. weighing up I guess the pros and cons of the other diagnoses that you've got and and how they can be managed because I think like you said you know having one person as like a wraparound or like one team that are providing you support then nothing's going to get missed because it's yeah. all being covered um I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um the kind of escalation that you had from the eating disorder, depression, anxiety to then the suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And like, do you have any idea as to why that sort of like development happened that way? Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, sort of, so I've, I've been keeping diaries since I was like 11 years old. Mm -hmm. So before we had this, I sort of thought I'm just going to have like a quick look back and see if there's anything that I was writing oh, wow. about back then. Um, and a massive thing that kept coming up was just this feeling of like, I'm just so sick of dealing with it. And I was still fairly early on, to be honest, in terms of like, you know, struggling with mental health. I mean, I think I was about 16, sort of 15, 16 when they started coming up. And I probably started struggling when I was about 12. So, you know, it's only been three or four years, but I was at that point where for so much of my life, you know, I was seeing cams every week. I was having these appointments. I was going to so much. It was just that feeling of like, it's not going to get any better. It's almost like that feeling of I've put so much effort into getting the anorexia to a better place. But the moment that that's gone, I've been struggling with massive levels of anxiety and depression and almost that feeling of like, what is the point if every time I get to a better place, something else steps in to replace it? Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely that and also that feeling of like almost the... I think like like I mentioned earlier almost that feeling of like the underlying issues hadn't been resolved and I was still feeling rubbish about myself I was still feeling worthless I was still like I need to find a way of making myself feel better and the only way that I had almost wasn't an option for me anymore and suddenly I was like well how how am I going to feel better about myself like what am I going to do and almost coming up with that thing of like there's no actual option um I think definitely for a start it was kind of both of those things combined for me yeah yeah I think that's I can really resonate with that sort of um if I can't do the one thing that I know that helps me which I mm -hmm. I think you're referring to the eating disorder yeah, Is yeah. That correct yeah. yeah um then how the hell am I meant to now how am I meant to navigate life mm -hmm. like I can't I can't navigate life and I think that to me kind of I, don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it shows like those unrecovered thoughts because mm. if you, you know, when, you would hope that recovery from an eating disorder provides you with alternative, yeah. positive alternatives, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like reaching out for support and, and doing things so that you're not relying on that eating disorder. And I, I think I was in a very similar place as you as like, I either have to use the eating disorder or I have to like numb my emotions with the depression. Um, and that's sort of like the only thing. And mm. For me, I feel like it very much was, well, I've got, so it's like, you know, day one of when yeah. everything starts, life is going to be so much better when I've got an eating disorder. Like it's yeah. going to, it's going to solve everything. It's going to be amazing. And then you go through that journey and however mm. long it is. And then all of a sudden you think this is really shit and yeah. my life is falling apart yeah. and, oh my God, I hate having an eating disorder and you can fall into that depression. And then you 
for me, it was like the depression's not numbing anything enough mm. anymore. Yeah. The anorexia is not numbing anything yes. anymore. Like I can't, I, it's, it's, I want to get out of the anorexia, but I equally need it to numb. Yeah. And then that was the progression to kind of, you know, thinking it's probably better yeah. to just end it here or yeah. to not be here anymore because nothing, like, I don't know what's going to work anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that was like a similar thing for you. Yeah. I think definitely that, that feeling of like, well, nothing that almost like there's no other option because I've tried so, mm -hmm. so much and so hard and nothing seems to be improving. And I think as well, for me, it was a massive thing, like just feeling like I've had this massive impact on my family and it's torn their lives apart in in you know like so many different ways and just feeling like I don't want to keep putting them through that and I think just that feeling of like if this is my life for the next you know five ten years I think like you say it's almost like that feeling of I'm so done with all of it I don't want the anorexia anymore I don't want the depression I don't want to have to deal with being in my brain for so so often like all the time um and kind of just thinking like well the only other option is is to go and I think like like you say it's such a common feeling just with any mental health problem but I think especially when you've almost got that feeling of like you know almost you get to a better place with the eating disorder but it's still there you've almost got that tiredness constantly anyway and then there's maybe other stuff coming up and it just feels relentless Mm -hmm. yeah and, and no energy left to kind of mm -hmm. fight back and it's interesting um what you say about like your your family and the impact that it's had on them yeah. um because there's been times where I've thought you know I've put them through so much like it, it would be better to not have them to go through this anymore and then I just stop myself and think hmm having them to having to put them through whatever recovery is going to look like mm -hmm. for me and potentially hopefully at the end of that they get me back that's full of life and full of energy or not having me at all mm. and I think that's the one thing that's kind of helped me ground myself and like bring me back to reality is yes I've put them through loads of stuff but I also don't want to put them through mm -hmm. that. that um and I don't say that lightly I know that like you know sometimes people do get to a point where it just feels like the only option but I just wonder for you like what was the turning point in terms of I'm actually not going to act on those behaviors I think and it, it took a long time like to a certain extent I still have occasional thoughts and that kind of level of things when mm -hmm. things get overwhelming it is naturally just my brain's response of almost like we can take a step back that's totally fine like we you know mm -hmm. if things get to a bad place where we can't deal with it that's always an option um but I think when I stopped dealing with it or where it stopped being quite as often for me um I was actually at uni um so I, I was in my I think it was like my second third year of undergrad and it was almost like I kept having these thoughts of like, you know, it's not just my family anymore. It's the people that I've lived with. So I lived with some of the same people for the whole three years of my uni life. And they're amazing. And I'm, they're sort of like most of my best friends at the moment. Um, but it was almost like I was still having those thoughts of like, I'm putting them through so much stuff. Like, how can I be doing this? And we had a sit down and like they sort of said very clearly to me, like, the one thing that we want is we want you to be better. We want you to feel happy. But if we can't get to that point, we can't help you get there. 
we would much rather you be struggling and we have to deal with that than you be gone. And I think in a weird way, I needed someone to actually sit down and say that to me and to sort of have that conversation and just to say that because when you're in that depressive state, when your brain's in that mode, it doesn't kind of take the time to think, what are other people thinking about it? You just assume everyone's feeling the same way as you are, like they're just fed up, they can't be bothered to deal with it anymore. And actually having someone from the outside being like, you know, understandably, like, no, we would be so heartbroken if you if you left us. I think in a way that was sort of the the light bulb moment for me of being like, okay, the way that I think about it isn't the right way of going about it. Yeah. <clears throat> It's almost, it's that black and white thinking, isn't it? Either Mm. I have to be here and I have to be happy or if I'm going to be sad, I have to be gone. And actually nobody's happy all the time. And I always think as well, like if I had a friend who was struggling and they thought, oh, I can't possibly reach out to Hannah because I'm sad and therefore it'd be better if I just wasn't here, you know, I would probably slap that friend around the face and say, you know, we, we all have bad times we all have good times and being a friend is to be there throughout part of that all of that um but it is hard especially when you're in that moment and I think one of the things I found with the depression was just feeling like a burden constantly Mm. on people and just having such a negative outlook on myself and life and and you do just have that lack of hope for the Mm. future Mm. um so I mean, you said you'd been in recovery for like seven years, I think you said. Um, So what's that looked like for you in terms of the depression, the anxiety and the eating disorder in terms of kind of navigating all of those together? Yeah, so I think definitely like I'm in, I think in a weird way, like if you'd gone back at the time when like I was struggling my worst. um, So it was recently like 10 years since I went into hospital for my eating disorder and that was kind of a massive reflection moment because I never thought I'd get to this point um and I feel fully recovered from that I I don't act on any of it anymore I don't even really have the thoughts like I'd say 90% of the time the thoughts just aren't there and when they do come up I'm very quick just to be like that's really stupid um which sounds kind of really dismissive but in a way I'm at that stage now where I can hear it and just be like what are you want about like that's not yeah um the anxiety and the depression side of things are still a struggle for me so I do still have some therapy and some support with that um mm. I've recently so probably about a year or so now I've been off antidepressants which was a massive thing for me because I'd always sort of wanted to come off them I'd been on them for such a long time um and I I'm navigating that and I'm dealing with it um the anxiety I'd say is still daily for me um but it's one of those things that's there pretty much all of the time but I'm dealing with it it's part of my life now um I think with the depression I I have to try and stay vigilant about when I'm falling into certain behaviors like if I'm isolating myself my sleep's being affected kind of what's actually going on in my life and I think I am still learning to do that and I'm learning to deal with a lot of the the underlying stuff which is almost causing all of it um but I feel in a much brighter and more positive place and a place where I know more about how my brain works than I maybe did a few years ago, which has helped me massively. Getting there, I think, has involved a lot of self-reflection and kind of learning a lot more about mm-hmm. 
what's underlying a lot of it and getting to that point where I feel a lot better with some of those underlying issues Mm -hmm. um and I think getting to that place in a way has helped me to feel more comfortable with where I am at the moment but also just feeling more positive moving forwards as well um yeah so I think in a way I am in a better place now both in terms of like my behaviors and my thoughts but also I know a lot more about how my brain works and how it responds to things and that has helped me to sort of be aware of patterns and things before they happen I think you've knocked the nail on the head there like I think a lot of the times in recovery people might think like oh it's you know particularly eating disorders like it's just about eating more and Mm. it's just about like you know feeling more at home with my body or whatever but actually it's like you just said that it's a really long and slow process and often the like eating more bit comes first and that's so Mm -hmm. difficult and feels so uncomfortable and horrible but through going through those like difficult emotions and difficult feelings you learn how you are strong enough to navigate that Mm -hmm. and I think you know the whole recovery process is kind of falling down picking yourself back up again but knowing that you can pick yourself back up and then when it Mm. happens again it's almost like well okay I've done something very similar to this before so I think I can navigate that and I find it really interesting actually what you were saying about how the eating disorder is like you you think that you're in a really good place with that and like Mm. don't respond to the behaviors like you might still have the thoughts but you know how to navigate that and I find Mm. it interesting the the difference, I guess, because mm. you, I, I don't know if somebody would ever use this terminology, but like, I don't see myself ever getting to a point of being like fully recovered from depression and anxiety. I yeah. think that's something that persists, but you learn to sort of deal with in your day to day life. And like you said, you know, the signs of it coming so you can kind of nip it in the bud. But I, I think I, I don't know, maybe it's the same with the eating disorder in terms of the thought pops into my head. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I can see a life where I don't act on eating disorder behaviors, but I can still see a life. I like simultaneous with that. I can see a life where I do have a day, not just being sad, but like, you know, being depressed or or being anxious about something. I don't see the like full recovery. If we're going to use that Mm. phrase in the same way for, for the different conditions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, actually, because often I think depression and anxiety are almost painted as like these long term conditions and Mm. they continue for such a long time. And I think definitely for me, like, I feel like maybe less so with the depression, because I hope that I can get to a place where being aware of what's happening helps me to sort of stop it. Mm. But I feel like the anxiety to a certain extent is always going to be there and I'm just going to have to learn Mm. to deal with it. But I think definitely like the way that they're spoken about a lot of the time I think a lot of people do acknowledge that eating disorders do have the ability to continue and and be quite chronic conditions Mm -hmm. but we almost talk about it as the expectation as you will get to that point where you're fully recovered whereas I think often with depression and anxiety there's almost more of an understanding of like it's not always going to happen that way Um, Mm -hmm. which is interesting I don't think I've thought about that before but yeah yeah maybe it's like the spectrum of like feeling emotions and stuff like maybe you can get to a point where you're fully recovered from depression and anxiety but because we do feel sadness and we do feel worry and we do feel Mm -hmm. stress as normal emotions I know that they're different but like it might be you know you will still have kind of those emotions but I guess Mm -hmm. it's 
more easy to identify like what is me restricting my food and engaging in eating disorder than like what is me feeling sad and and, mm. and engaging with depression I don't know I think I also personally feel them very differently like I don't feel the intense sort of like guilt and shame if I'm not sad um, mm. although sadness feels comfortable I'm not like oh I should feel guilty because I'm happy today but whereas like with the eating disorder it is almost like for me anyway it's like a separate entity is the eating disorder whereas mm. the depression and anxiety is just kind of the way that I feel I don't know whether you feel that but I, I think that's a, a distinction for me yeah yeah I think definitely like a, a massive part of my like eating disorder recovery was externalizing it from me and trying to be mm. like it's an external thing and talking about it like that and saying like actually the voice is being very loud today or, or it's making me do that and in a weird way I think for me getting to that place with not necessarily anxiety but I think like self-criticism and self-judgment mm. which often is part of my depression I think that has helped massively to have that yeah. distinction between what's me and what's mm. going on and I think it's like you say as well there's this sort of there is this expectation that people are always happy but there's an understanding that you can have days when you're not feeling as good and you can have days when you're worried and I think in a weird way it's almost like no level of eating difficulty or eating disorder is almost accepted in that same way it's not mm -hmm. accepted as you know you might have a bad body image day or you're going to have a day where maybe you do want to restrict your intake a little bit or you know maybe you're going to have a time when you binge like that level isn't really accepted and I think that's interesting because it, it adds to that stigma as well I think a little bit of that feeling of like if I have one binging episode or if I have a day where I skip like breakfast or something that I don't normally that therefore means that I am somehow different to everybody else mm. um, whereas actually we all know that mental health is a massive spectrum and mm -hmm. certain things are worse for certain people but any level of a condition or, or some kind of symptom that, that upsets you um is is worth kind of looking at and interrogating yeah and that's really interesting now what you were saying about like the self-criticism and stuff like that because it is potential i guess and i'm very much speaking on an individual basis here but like maybe it's just in therapy we spend so long like looking at the eating disorder voice and thinking what that mm. says that we don't actually think about like a depressive voice or an anxious voice and it could be that you know that it is more of like a, a separate entity making you feel sad about yourself or feel anxious about things or what have you but because it's I guess for me personally I've had it for so long that it's almost normalized mm. um I can be like oh that's probably eating sort of because it's related to food and body but when it's not yeah. that it's like ah yeah you just think that that's a normal thought and maybe yeah maybe it is kind of you need to think about it in a different way of separating that from yourself in order to kind of you know move forward with those thoughts mm -hmm. yeah and I think definitely like it it can be so much easier I think to let go of that thing like I found mm. definitely for me with my eating disorder it's so much easier to let go of it once I thought that's a separate thing it's not who I am as a person but now it's almost like part of who I am in my mind is that I have anxiety and it's almost mm. like I don't know what I'd be like without that so I think yeah. definitely there's, there's encouraging that idea of okay there are these thoughts and there's this voice but you don't have to listen to it I think mm. like exploring that in different ideas of therapy in different conditions would be yeah really useful and it might have 
a massive impact on how people feel navigating their life with that condition yeah yeah I think like you said when it's not a separate entity and it almost becomes part of you 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 do normalize it and then it becomes quite difficult to recover from like you say of like what will I be without it um and I guess just to finish us off I just wanted to kind of close the episode with if somebody is listening to this and kind of resonates with what you're saying whether it's on the with like depression anxiety the eating disorder or with suicidal thoughts as well um what have you got any advice for them in terms of some steps to take in to to get help for those things yeah I I think the biggest thing because it's it's so difficult if you've just started having those thoughts or you've had those thoughts for a while and you've not felt able to tell anyone but I think the biggest thing is there are always going to be people who get it and there are always going to be people who understand and people who will respond in a helpful way to you um and that might not be friends or family it might not be medical professionals but there will be somebody out there who knows how you feel um and to not let that fear or that stigma kind of stop you from speaking up um but i think the other thing and you know it might be that you access support generally through like your gp or through certain charities or other kind of forms of support but it might also be that you do just want to rely on friends and family and whatever you choose is okay um but within that, you are going to have really bad days and you are going to have days when everything feels awful. Um, but you are also going to have days when things get a lot better. And it might not be every day. It might be every other day for a little bit. It might be, you know, one day a week or one day every few weeks. But you will also have those positive days. And I think making a note of those and looking back at them um, is so useful when you're halfway through recovery and kind of pushing yourself forwards. And it is, as we've kind of mentioned, such a long journey. Um, but every time you feel like something's going wrong, kind of coming out of that, using that experience to kind of help yourself move forward is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good piece of advice. I'd not thought about that. Like some days in recovery, it can feel so tough and you can just think I've not achieved anything. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point in this? I'm I'm getting nowhere. But actually, yesterday was a really good day. It's just today that you're clouded by um, by sad things. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Rebecca. It's been mm-hmm. a pleasure to speak to you today. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being so open and sharing. Um, I didn't know whether you wanted to share any information about First Steps um if people are struggling with with eating disorders yeah yeah can do uh yeah so um first steps ed um is an eating disorder charity um the sort of national um sort of based in derbyshire um providing support for uh, children young people and adults um with kind of counseling with groups um and with kind of peer support um so if anyone is struggling we've also got like loads of amazing resources on the website and things as well so even if you don't yet feel comfortable speaking to somebody, go ahead, check that out. We've got blogs and things like that as well. So um, it's a really useful place just if you or a carer uh, kind of have any questions or, or want any kind of support as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. Yeah, No, it's been lovely. Um, I'll let you get back to your family now, but thank you very much. And I think I have everything from you um, and this will be out. I think it's the 11th of September. So yeah thank you very much yeah. it's been lovely to yeah, chat no, to you of course yeah it's been been a pleasure thank you so much yeah, speak to you later all right thank you Bye. if you enjoyed listening today you won't want to miss next week's episode so be sure to subscribe 
Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support or talk to someone you trust.